Welcome to Story Love, the official podcast of Writing by Structure, where each week we'll talk with a different writer to find out the good, the bad, the just plain crazy, so we all feel a little less alone. I'm Amanda, your host and owner of Writing by Structure, a hub where writers can learn the difference between writing and structure. I have a Patreon, a consulting business, as well as digital courses. I'm so glad you're hanging out here with me today to talk with some really great writers and learn what's working for them, what's not, and all the craziness in between. In today's episode, I'm going to interview William Francis Hoffman, playwright of the amazing play Cal and Camo, which premiered at the Rattlestick Theater Company. And Ben Brantley from the New York Times reviewed it and called it a vernacular mystical cocktail of a play. Um, he also wrote an incredible play called Drift that was set to open at the New World Stages last March literally about a week before COVID hit and the uh, theater district closed down. Hello, William Francis Hoffman. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. It's great to see you. It's, um, it's such a pleasure having you here as I'm recording right now as we're speaking. Good. I'm glad. Right into it. <laughs> um, so, William Francis Hoffman, who I like to call Bill because you are my very good friend. I'm so happy yes. to have you here. How good. are you? I'm glad to be here. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. I'm super excited. Uh, I was thinking about this all night ever since you asked me, so I'm I'm thrilled. Oh, I'm happy. Well, so this, the podcast is Story Love, and the whole point is to bring writers on to share with other writers the writer experience. So we all feel a little less alone. You know, writers are, are, are so lonely. We're so stuck in our rooms. We think we're, we're in such pain, right? <laughs> so um, I wanted to, you know, have an opportunity to bring on some, some writers and, and talk about the good, the bad, the crazy, and all of that. So um, let me ask you, um, I gave our listeners a little preview of Cal and Camo and, uh, and, and Drift. So, you know, Drift was supposed to open at the New World Stages in March last year. Tell me a little bit about what that was like. Uh, well, you know, uh, you were there uh, <laughs> because you were working with me and you were the dramaturg on that project, which, you know, I was so, so happy about. Um, it made all the difference in the world for me, just in terms of, you know, uh, being, uh, feeling at least somewhat comfortable going in. Um, but, you know, it's, look, I was thinking about it today, actually, I was thinking about it a lot, because I knew we were going to talk. And this is the really the first time I think we've talked about it. And I feel, I don't feel badly about it at all. I don't feel I'm not upset that the play never opened, um, to be honest, you know, I, I, uh, I'm sad. Uh, I'm sad for the folks who are upset by that, um, who, you know, for the folks that, that mattered to more, I, I feel, you know, I feel bad about that, but in terms of us and our process, you know, we got those 10 or so previews. Um, we, you know, sort of selfishly got everything that that we would want out of it. You know, we got to do the work, um, which was extraordinary. We had these fantastic rehearsals and and 
you know, 10 really great previews uh, with nice big houses that I sat in on every single night, you know, I took my notes and, and I got to see the play. I got, I got to see drift in front of 10 really, really wonderful audiences and, and, and see what it's made of. So, you know, um, who knows one day, you know, that's the nice thing about plays is they, they don't, they don't go away necessarily. So hopefully, you know, one day it, it, we'll get to do it again and actually um, strength test, um, you know, what I think is the better play uh, that was found uh, in those rooms. So I love that. I, I think that's such a great attitude to have. Um, yeah. I mean, to go through the whole entire rehearsal process for months and months and then go into previews and then right before opening night to have to shut down. It really was so, so heartbreaking, but from the writer's perspective to have that opportunity to hear it 10 times, was it 10 previews? Is that what I it was? I think it was, it was close to that. If it yeah. wasn't, if it wasn't the full 10, but that's what I remember. You know, and we get to hear our work and you, and you, and I'm sure you're there picking up all of the words that you wish you had deleted <laughs> before it goes on or words that you wanted to add. And so you get another, um, you get another shot at it. So, so that's great. Yeah. I mean, you know what it's like going in open night. It's terrifying. I mean, you know, the closer you get to that night, it's just dread and terror and your bones are rattling. And I'm, um, you know, if somebody, uh, you know, for any reason, you know, pulls you back, you know, back in the back of the house and is like, you know what, forget it. Yeah, we don't, we don't have to do it. You're like, we don't? No, nah, we don't have to do it. We're gonna, we're not gonna do it. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. No, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. It's just such a terrifying feeling. And it's not that I, I, you know, obviously I want, I want my place to open and and everybody wants that. But uh, you know, your body is telling you something quite different. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So let me ask you another question. So when, when, when did you know that you were a writer? So one of the things that I always say is that writers really are born and we either admit it and accept it, or we, we are, we live running from it for the rest of our lives, right? You get, you get ideas as a writer. That's, that, that's not typical. So if you're, you know, um, growing up and you're imagining characters and hearing dialogue in your head, that doesn't happen to everybody. When did you, when, what, what was your first realization that, Oh, I should write this stuff down and maybe I should think about doing this more often. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, you know, not till later, not, you know, when I was a kid, I suppose I, I was always attracted to theater. I was always I always felt like that's a place I wanted to be. Um, I liked going to rehearsals. Uh, I felt I loved going to rehearsals. That's where I wanted to be. Right. Because you Uh, started as an actor. Yes. Yeah. And yes. And it's interesting because that it took a long time because that never felt right. And that never felt comfortable. And I never... I never felt like I wanted to do that work badly enough. I never, when it came right down to it, I mean, I liked being in the rooms. I liked talking about the work. I liked the community, but, you know, I used to think to myself, my God, if somebody handed me, you know, a feature film script, not only what would I do, but I don't know if I would be that excited to do that work. And when I moved to Los Angeles after Chicago, I started to meet, 
you know, real actors. And I, I thought, my God, I felt more and more like, oh, that's not me. I'm, I'm, I don't feel that way. I don't work that way. And when I was in Chicago in my, you know, 20s, I was a part of this theater company called the Rivendell Theater Ensemble that was really just like a home, an artistic home for me in Chicago. And I was, I was young and uh, they, you know, this, well, they, this artistic director who's still the artistic director and a founding member, uh, Tara Mallon, like took me under her wing and mentored me and, and, um, you know, still even then as an actor, it just never felt right. What I was attracted to was everything else. I mean, I wanted, I would walk, you know, from backstage out to the house and, you know, want to watch the play, look at the play. I was fascinated by what I didn't know then, but just the mechanics of what plays and what doesn't play and why it doesn't play. And like, I'd get frustrated sitting there going, well, you know, this needs this or this needs that. And why isn't anybody talking about it? And these damn plays are like stuck. They're published and it's like, nobody can do anything or, you know, uh, you know, even design, I was fascinated more by design. I was literally fascinated more by every other element of theater uh, than acting. And I, you know, I didn't know that then, but I, when I moved to Los Angeles, to answer your question, I moved to Los Angeles. I, you know, I left Chicago after 10 years. I, uh, I became sober, which is, is not a, you know, it's not a small component of this because I've, I've heard your father say, it's funny. I've heard your father say this thing that means a lot to me that, you know, you, you, something about, and correct me if I have this wrong, but you have to give up the thing you love the most. And uh, looking back, uh, because it will kill you, I think is is really the quote. I don't know who that comes from, but looking back, um, you know, I did love drinking the most. And when I gave that up, it's interesting what happened in the wake of that. Mm-hmm. Because I'm here, I moved to Los Angeles. I started, uh, you know, running and hiking and all these physical activities and you know, I hadn't done that in years. All through my 20s, I didn't do any of that. And it really was a return to like uh, something I let go of around 16 years old uh, when, you know, when I first, you know, started drinking. And this, you know, the way grass smelled, the way, you know, I'm, I'm discovering these things all, all over again. Um, this sensorial experience that, that was new to me in the wake of, of giving up drinking. And, you know, I would take these hikes and jogs and I would like, see these things in my head, these little moments, you know, I, I remember seeing an early moment of drift of, of uh, the character Angelo. I didn't know he was Angelo then, but just this man who was, you know, just a tableau of a man looking at his hands, um, you know, and, and, and it would make me emotional and I'm, I'm you know, I would stop running and I'd be like, what, what the hell is that? Mm. You know, what is that? And, and then, these images led to folks saying things that would, that would have an emotional impact on me, you know, all within myself. And just like was struck by it. And I felt the urge to write it down. So I would start journaling these things that I would see and feel. And, you know, it was like, it it just came from that. And then I started, God, is this a scene? Am I writing a scene? Did I move all the way to LA from Chicago to be an actor? And now what the fuck am I doing? I'm writing. I'm writing scenes for the stage and, and it, it just, you know, it, it became something I, I 
couldn't stop. I mean, I was so drawn to it. I was so drawn to the mechanics of it. And even, you know, it's, it's, it's striking when you're on your own and you can be that thrilled by something that I would sit in this little kitchen of this little apartment I was living in. And I'm in, I'm just enraptured, you know, by, by what, what, what I'm working on and, and like, couldn't wait to run back to it and say, Oh, I can make it a little better now. And, and what if this happens and what if that happens? And, and that, that felt good. That felt exciting. That was work that I was really hungry to get to and really, really hungry to share where I felt uh, just thrilled. Uh, and I never felt that way about acting. And so, you know, you know, that, that must've been something that, that, that was significant. Well, that's gorgeous. I really love to hear, um, to hear you talk that way, especially because, you know, the reason why I called it story love and not writer's love is because, you know, being a writer is one thing, but I really believe that what draws us in is this, this falling in love with story and what it is telling a story and the characters of the story. And all of a sudden we're no longer sitting in our kitchen. We're somewhere else in this story world. You right. Know? Right. And for somebody who has, for whatever reason, a need to escape, you know, a need to escape how you feel and need to escape an environment. Boy, is that a handy thing to have around, mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah. Saves many lives. Yes. Many lives. Yeah. Saved my life for sure. Yeah. 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 So let me ask you, so you're sitting in your kitchen, you look back on that person that you were, and now here you are, you know, having had Callan Camo reviewed by Bren, Ben Brantley in the New York Times. And uh, what, what, if you could go back and tell the kid in the kitchen what you know now, what would be that one thing that you would say, just hang tight. If you know this, this will help you. I think the thing that would be most, because I was having a blast um, finding work, developing work, sharing work with friends. I was having a blast. And the most important thing I could probably tell myself then was, hey, just be careful after your play opens in New York. Um, be, because that's going to have, that feeling is going to be, um, really, really powerful. And, you know, just know that what you're doing right now in the kitchen is the thing. And remember, you know, <laughs> find a way back to that kitchen that's, you know, that as quick as you can. And forget this idea that now there's another way, or this idea that you might know something you know, a different way, or you know something now that you didn't before, or surely, well, gosh, this happened now, now surely I'm going to get, uh, you know, invited into rooms I was never invited into before. It, no, it, you know, um, it is, it does come down to you and it comes down to being able to walk into that kitchen or your studio or, or the coffee shop, wherever you're working, put your headphones on and go back to the premise, uh, you know, because no, uh, there is no easier way. There is no, um, your life isn't going to change. Nothing's different. Um, you know, you're not necessarily going to write a better play than the one you just wrote. You might write the worst play you've ever written, which is what happened to me. And I'm going, well, now what the hell happened? You know, I thought I knew how to do this. Um, so, you know, just a little advice on how to weather that 
that storm, which is which was for me just a profound loneliness after after my mm-hmm. play opened in New York. Just a profound loneliness that that uh, you know is is really really tough to swim through. That's beautiful. That's just such gorgeous advice. Um, wow, that really um, that really hit me. It was so powerful to to go back to that kid in the kitchen. I love that. Yeah. So now. Uh, you know, the good, the bad and the crazy, right? So what's, what's the best thing that you've experienced as a writer? What's the worst thing? And what's the craziest thing? What's the, what's the best thing you could say you've gotten out of being a writer? It doesn't even have to be, you know, centered around success. Just No, yeah, I, I think the, the best thing, the most thrilling thing is when, when you see actors when you see actors fully embodying this, what was compared to what they're doing, a rather vague notion, and you see them bringing their heart and spirit and history to this thing, and it's shown back to you in this full resolution, three-dimensional and, and something happens on stage, and a moment happens on stage, an emotional moment. And and you know, there's nothing better than that. And it's it's. I wonder if I don't if if most of what I'm doing is not is just so that I, I can sit in some dark theater and witness those moments because I don't ever really seem to get tired of that. Yeah. And they're so rare, and they're just you know when what's happening on stage becomes real and everything else just falls away and becomes false. I, I just. I love that so much. And I'll never forget when we were working on Cal and Camo because you, you know, uh, I, I should say that you directed the workshop of that play in LA and you were integral in, 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 in the discovery of, of, of what was to become that play. And there was this moment I'll never forget with Catherine and Lucas on stage, Catherine, who, you know, Catherine Watkins, who played Cal and, and Lucas Banking, who played Flint. And, and uh, I'll just never forget this. You and I are sitting in, I don't know if you remember, but like the second row and Flint was going through that speech uh, about his, uh, you know, uh, about uh, what he, you know, what he had done for Cal when he was a child. And, and, and it just started to affect Lucas in this really profound way. And he was, you know, becoming emotional and fighting through the speech and getting choked up. And I'm like, you know, holy shit, what is happening? And you, you just started punch. You were sitting, you were sitting right <laughs> punching my arm, like, you know, like, oh my God, are you seeing this? Are you seeing what's happening? You know? And I'm like, yes, yes, I see what that, you know, I mean, like, I, I don't think, you know, I'll just never forget that because that, I don't think you are, you and I, you know, there aren't many moments like that of, of just this, you know, discovery, this magic happening in front of your eyes. And if you can be a part of that in any kind of way, a part of, of whatever conspired to create that moment, my God, that's a good feeling. And uh, that, that, those are the best moments. Wow. Magic, right? Just magic yeah. moments. That's great. I'm so, that, that, that is um, such a treat for me to you have, for you to bring that up and remind me of that. Of course, I remember that moment in the theater. 
you know, I, because, you know, you're working on it and you're looking at one line at a time and yeah. you're like, you're working and you're working and you're, you know, you're dissecting and then you sit there and you watch it take off. And there's a part of you that is, does this, this going to work? Is the, is the plane going to fly? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like everything you're seeing is, well, maybe not, you know, maybe not. Um, <laughs> And, and, you know, if you get one of those moments that gives you confidence, oh, this thing might get in the air, you know, and stay in the air for a little while. I love that metaphor. I think about that all the time, about getting the plane to fly um, or, or getting the ship to sail, um, because it is, you know, it is really, it is analogous to that, because you don't build a plane to sit in a hangar. You know, the thrill is, will it fly? you know, uh, will it float? Will it, what is it like in high seas? If it's, you know, I like to think about it as a ship. It's like, what is it like, you know, at night, you know, and you get to test it in front of all these audiences. Uh, and, you know, and, and hopefully if you have a long enough rehearsal process and preview process to be able to take it back into the, to the shipyard and, and, and make your changes and make your fixes, you know? So, yeah, I love those, those ideas, you know, about, uh, both flying and, and sailing. Yeah, me too. So besides, um, besides, you know, going back and, and, and whispering in your young self's ear in the kitchen, right. And saying, yeah. this is what it's all about. What's your, what's, what's another big lesson? I don't, I want to say like the good and the bad, like what's the yeah. worst, but, but I would like to look at it. Like what's, what's the most important lesson you had to learn? Um, what works here's, here's a good one. And this is, I tell myself this all the time. What, what, what works on the page doesn't necessarily work around the table. So hang on, don't freak out. What works around the table doesn't necessarily work when everybody stands up. You know, don't freak out. This is this is part of it. Um, the first time it starts to happen to you, you will freak out. Um, and then, you know, the first time they're they're on their feet and, and embodying your play, it it's not going to necessarily work. Um, so you, you know, breathe, um, know that that's, that's a part of things. Um, that's why you're there, um, to, to make whatever adjustments need to be made. Um, when the actors start going, when they get it, when they've got it in their bones and their gut and their heart, you know, they're ahead of you, you know, let them be ahead of you let them show you the rest of the way that's you know that's that's why they're there you know um they're there to walk out and and live this you know eight shows a week seven shows a week mo really moment to moment live it so um you know it, it just it, it's critical at that point to pay attention and 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 let them show you where, what they need you know based on their heart and their gut um and and serve them you know just get anything that's in their way out and then just give them anything you can to help where they're going. Cause they, they know the way. I love that. You know, it brings me back to um, the idea of the, tr of the Trinity of the theater, right? So that's what I was brought up on the Trinity. You have to respect yeah. all three parts, the actor, the writer, the director, and somehow somewhere, you know, that, that has sort of, fallen away a little bit so to bring back to the purity of we're all in this to serve the story to serve the play and to help each other make it great in the aspects that we bring to the table i think that's just wonderful yeah yeah it's everything it is it is uh it is a powerful powerful force um 
when those three elements come together. So, yeah. Totally making me miss theater. I know. Coming back. It's coming back. For sure. For sure. All right. What's the craziest thing that ever happened to you? In in terms of the entertainment world, the writer world, we all have our crazy stories. Uh, not naming names, you know. Somebody from from New York wanted to produce my play. That's crazy. Uh, it seems <laughs> you know it's it's still crazy. You know, I just you know, I, uh, however that happened, and it you know there was a lot of luck to that. Um, but that's crazy. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't believe it was happening the whole time it was happening. Yeah. Tell, tell us how, if you, if you want to tell us how, how exactly that happened for you, how did that come down? Well, you know, you and I were, and, and, and everyone else who was involved was, you know, working on this workshop of this play that I was, which was really the first play that I had gotten close to being sort of a full length piece that, you know, I felt at least confident enough to start sharing with actors. And I shared it with my friend, Jim, and I obviously shared it with Catherine, my, my wife, and she, you know, responded to it, you know, thank God I gave it to her to read. And I looked over and she was, had finished it. And she had the very clear look of having responded to it on her face. And I thought, oh, okay, well, you know, okay, okay, that's good. That's good, you know. And we, you know, I, we had already started rehearsing and I thought, well, I'll direct, which was, yeah, that's another bit of advice. Don't, well, I mean, do it, do it if you can do it. I can't, I don't, I was, you know, I direct tried to direct my own play after going through a really great. This is a this is an important thing. Um, we did in that we met for five weeks, the actors and myself, and did what really was a writing workshop. And I didn't know it then, but we met once a week for five weeks, and we read the play around the table, and we would talk, and then I would, you know, go home, and work on the play after after that talk after that read and then i'd bring that new draft in the next meeting we'd read it talk i'd make notes repeat that process and i still have those drafts that are numbered one you know in pencil two three four five and you know that's that's how we began and what came out of that was was incredible and then i thought well i'll what, what we'll do is we'll commit to six performances and so um, we were going to invite everyone, our friends and family, you know, not charge anyone, of course, just, just come see this work in progress. Uh, keep the, <laughs> keep the bar really low for us. <laughs> and then I thought, well, I'll direct. And I, you know, and I, we did like two rehearsals before I was pretty much run out of the room, you know, like there was full on <laughs> mutiny happening. You know, people were like challenging me and, and, in ways that I, I just didn't have answers to. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know. I still have such profound, profound respect for what that really requires to be a good director. I mean, the amount of disciplines that you have to pull from, um, it's just astounding to me. Maybe one day. I would love to one day, uh, but but not yet. And anyway, so then I called you or I emailed you, hey, I'm working on this thing, you know, I'm 
maybe you'd like to direct and you got back to me right away and you were like yes <laughs> and i was so so happy and relieved and and it just confirmed things in my mind that okay we're we're heading somewhere this is a good good thing and when we got together you know you and i met and we we looked at the text and you you would spend some time with the text and you know, suggested cuts that I thought were brilliant and just really found the, the core of the play. Um, and, uh, you know, I had yet to have that shown back to me, you know, and you had such a great take on it and knew exactly what needed to remain and what, what could, what could fall away without damaging any of that. And then we went to work and we rehearsed and, 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 you know, just, I think had an extraordinary time. I mean, we were just, it was so fun. And there were those food trucks that used to park outside of, of in that neighborhood and we'd all have dinner together. And Jimmy was working, working nights and, or days or had to get up at six. I don't know what it was, but he'd be falling asleep half the time on stage. And then, you know, we'd bring tacos and he'd wake back up and, and, and it's just, was just an incredible time. And, and then, you know, I thought that was it. And we did those six performances and I, I didn't want any more than that. We, I mean, this play that we worked on was going to be performed six times in front of audiences and we had a blast. And it just so happened that uh, Lucas, who was the uh, managing director of that theater at the time, the yeah, the Sherry Theater in, in North Hollywood, uh, um, had a relationship with uh, David Van Asselt from 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 the rattlestick who and david was the artistic director of the rattlestick at that time uh they had a relationship and lucas had invited david to come see the play but david couldn't come and make it in time for the last performance then we did a reading of the play for david and we pretended it wasn't just for david so we invited a bunch of people uh, but those actors were so hungry i think to dig into this play again having just closed you know and it's that thing well if i had one more opportunity i'd do this and and I think they were really glad to have that opportunity. And so they gave just like one hell of a reading. And, uh, you know, the, the, you know, house started to empty out and David's sitting up there and I'm like, well, do I go up there? Do I not go up there? How does this work? I feel ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, I gathered the courage to go up and, and say hello and introduce myself and say, thanks for coming. And he kind of looked up at me and he had sort of a circle of folks around him. And he said, Oh, Hey, uh, Hey, uh, David, you know, Oh, uh, Billy, you know, he's like, uh, it was good. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. You know, and just like, that's it. And I thought, Oh my God, this whole thing was fucking dumb. How ridiculous, you know, that we did this whole thing for him. And, and that's what we got. Um, you know, I was really mad at myself and, and embarrassed. I mean, I was, I was really, really embarrassed, particularly because we'd come off of this thing that made me feel so alive and, and so proud, you know, and it was, it was just us and, and the folks that we invited. And I, I was so happy. And then I felt horrible, you know, and I was like, well, this is a terrible way to end this journey. You know, like, I was like, it's a real lesson, you know, <laughs> and then I get a, I get an email like a week later from David who says, you know, Hey, I'm in town. Uh, can you meet me for coffee? Uh, I want to produce your play. And I was like, Oh God, are you serious? 
and uh, we met for coffee and, and it was true. And I'll never forget that either because I was like get going to get him the coffee. And like, I was like, I was waiting on him. You know, I was like, I'd go get the cream for him and the sugar. I just didn't know, you know, anything I could, I didn't know what I was supposed to do in this situation. So I'm like, uh, you know, uh, pour literally pouring the cream in his coffee and stirring it. And, and, and it was true. And he said, I want to produce your play and I want to do it right away. I didn't know it then, but that was the last play of his as artistic director at that wow. company. And he, it was, you know, the founder of that company, or at least a founding member for, you know, for I think 30 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's the roller coaster of being a writer, right? That, that whole story yeah. is it. That, that is the craziest <laughs> thing. This roller coaster of extreme emotions all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. It is. It is that extreme all the time. And even in your own work, you know, even like as you're just working alone or, or you bring something into the workshop to hear and it's like 15 minutes ago, I, I thought I had a breakthrough. And now I don't know what the fuck I'm doing anymore. Uh, you know, and then that can change in a matter of hours. You know, you can you know, it is it is it is literally that uh, that chaotic of a, of a space to, you know, but maybe, you know, I don't know. I mean, thank God. I, I think I'm rather comfortable in those situations. At least it keeps me busy. You know, at least it keeps, keeps me fired up and in, in my, 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 my makeup involved in something. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Do you want to share with us what you're working on now, perhaps? I, yeah, I'm working on a new full-length play that I've been. Of course, it's new. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a new play, um, but I've been. I, you know, I first started scribbling on it. Uh, I guess two years ago now. Just you know, taking notes and and this time, this you know, this year. Um, this crazy year that we've had, um, you know, I think a lot of us, and this is just for us, this is just for people who write and who work in this way or, or artists or creative, uh, things, you know, have really quieted down in the world. And, and we were allowed, uh, forced, you know, um, by virtue of this horrible pandemic um you know to kind of sit with ourselves and and so you know and i thought to myself when this started if i don't come out of this with a play i'm i'm an ass i you know there is no reason if i don't if i don't come out of this year with a play or however long i thought it was going to last you know there's just going to be no forgiving myself and so under that premise uh, I was able to get a draft of of something new together, and um, it's called Rose, at least for now. Um, and I'm excited about it, and I've shared it, you know, with lots of folks. And we've been doing readings over the Zoom, and we've been having discussions about the play over Zoom, and and bringing it here and there to to hear some pages. And that that's actually been I don't know how you feel, but I I, I love it. I am. I know, you know, ultimately it's not the thing, but as a temporary, 
fix um, and a way to connect. And um, it's been really cool. I, I've what the table reads you mean? Yeah, on Zoom. Yeah. Oh, Zoom. Oh, Zoom. Yeah, I, I'm shocked. I mean, I'm I'm connecting. You know, I have a hard time in general, just like with the social things. You know, I have a really hard time getting up the guts to to go to an event and say hello or a party or connect in that way. And this has been, it's just kind of been easier. Um, and I've connected with folks. I never would have had the opportunity to connect with um, if it were not for this and if it were not for zoom and this technology. And, and I watched a reading last night, uh, a reading that Rivendell was doing of a new play that they've workshopped this whole month and I, I had a great night. I, you know, I texted the director uh, at the intermission. And I said, I'm having a blast. This is this is playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. So I hope we don't let go of it entirely. I mean, how else, you know, are you kidding me? Like, could you and I collaborate on a piece of work, right? From, and I can stay here and you can be in New York in the future. Yeah, so, look at us now. We're sitting here yeah. having this conversation 3,000 miles away. I mean, I'm so grateful right. that. I totally agree with you. Um, and I don't think much is lost in for writers in terms of table reads doing it over Zoom. It's not. I don't think so. I, I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, okay, when we go back into real life, we're going to be like, oh, what the hell? What a mess. Like, what, did we did we just fool ourselves into thinking that that stuff was playing because it's it's playing on a proscenium that's, you know, two and a half inches <laughs> by, you know, by four inches, you know, oh God. But, but I don't think so. I, I think it's astounding to me how emotionally I can get, get affected by work that's on a zoom. And, and um, uh, I think it still works. I think it, I think it works. Yeah. I certainly for writers, I, I feel like actors might feel a little differently, but, but for our purposes, I think a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, look, at I mean, you and I have been a part of several readings that have just knocked us off our feet in what we've been hearing over Zoom. These amazing yeah. experiences over Zoom, you know, so. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Several now over the course of a year. Yeah. Several. So, yeah. I hope yeah. There, there definitely was this this ticking clock <laughs> when the when the uh, when the. Uh, pandemic first hit of staring at the walls going, I, I have to get right. I should be writing. I have to be writing 10 days in. I have to be writing. What am I writing? You know, there's this pressure yeah. of you better write. And it's like, what, what do I write? <laughs> but also like you've, I mean, I've, I mean, I've noticed all the incredible things that you've managed to do over the past year and discover and create in, in what we're doing right now. You know, it's really, really inspiring that, that you've been able to um, engage in a way, I think, with artists in, in, in a brand new way. Um, maybe, maybe we all felt forced to do that because we were afraid it would disappear. But, but it's really, really inspiring. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm really, really inspired by that. It's, yeah, I, you know what's inspiring about it too is you know artists aren't going to stop. We're not going to give up. Yeah. What are you putting in our way? We'll find a way. Where are we going? We're going to the park. Where are we going to read our stuff? Where are we going to get together? You, no matter what happens, we're not stopping. And, yeah. and I think that the resiliency of the resilience of 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 artists is something that we should all be proud of and and commended and should be commended. And um, you know, yeah. we got to take this momentum of understanding how much we really love 
what we do. You know, maybe we were taking taking it for granted a little bit that we could just show up to a theater and do what we want to do. You know, right, right, and and this is an opportunity to connect in a different way and with folks that you have yet to connect with or ordinarily wouldn't get the opportunity to connect with. Mm -hmm. um, this, this really allows for that. Um, so I love that. Yeah. Bill, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you and hang out with you. And I cannot wait for the next amazing reading we're going to be on together on zoom and get blown away by what we're watching <laughs> Me too. let's do it soon i mean it's you know it's early in the week so um, <laughs> keep me posted what's on your calendar <laughs> yeah exactly uh, yeah you too keep me posted i'm i'm you know i'm i'm available you know all i got to do is open the laptop and i'm here so amazing yeah amazing. well give Catherine a hug tell her i <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with me today at Story Love. Please be sure to check out the Writing by Structure website where you'll find links to my Patreon, to my mini courses, and also a free outline template to help you craft your story. Um, if you need more help with figuring out just exactly what story structure really is. Um, you can find all of that at writingxstructure.mykajabi.com.